This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Linda's on a shit in the corner. My name's Keen. I don't owe you this. I'm Aaron Twitchin. <laughs> and you're listening to Sissy That Pod. We are back in podcast world. It is back to normal pre-recorded audio. Our first podcast, just the two of us. And it's episode two of season five of Drag Race UK. The mysterious 11th queen is still floating around. Did you think of her at all throughout this episode? I, I'm so bad at I forgot completely. And then I, there was like a couple minutes when I was waiting for you and I looked on Twitter and someone was like, another genius edit. And I was like, oh my God, there's another queen. Right. Well, we'll, we'll discuss it, but let's go. I Know The Face is a movie podcast on the Headstuff Podcast Network, hosted by me, Stephen Porzio. And me, Andrew Carroll. Our show is all about character actors, the type of performers you'll see pop up in supporting roles in blockbusters, the type of people you know the faces but not the names. Each episode we pick one particular character actor and discuss a couple of their movies, shining a light on the performer's career while giving listeners plenty of movie recommendations. So the show is a must for cinema lovers. Subscribe to I Know That Face wherever you get podcasts and follow us on Twitter at I Know That Face P1. First things first, uh, we've heard that this queen is gone after episode two. Straight in. Right, okay, yeah, she's gone apparently. But she was there for the whole thing. I mean, let's also acknowledge since we last recorded, I said in our live show, I wanted someone to do a super cut of every time we saw a limb of that queen last week. And I think it was what, midday on a Friday that it arrived? Yeah. You texted to me so quick. I was like, These people don't sleep. I still wasn't home. I was still traveling. I think it's probably the people in the US who like watch this at like five in the afternoon oh. have a lot more time to put this shit together than we do. What I haven't seen though is like the edit picture, like an AI or anything where they've taken the bits that there were, like that elbow and that quiff of hair, and then they have AI'd it. And like, I'm surprised I haven't seen an AI of like Dee Delicious kicking her out or something, or like someone fully. That's all I see now is AI, which is why I don't believe anything anymore. Like, they have edited this queen out so easily that I'm starting to wonder, like, did I have another brother or sister growing up that I just haven't noticed because they've just been edited out of my life? It's very eternal sunshine, isn't it? <laughs> well, do you not like, I can't wait for her to go because I do not find like all the camera angles are at such jaunty angles or like they're so zoomed up on someone's faces. And like, it's just, I, I, it's, I think it's really interesting just from like an editing point of view. Like I don't have any background in film, but like, this like the whole untucked sequence you couldn't see who was sitting on the like the house left couch because obviously she was there and you couldn't see it and it just feels so unnatural it feels like you can't turn your head to look at the people who are actually talking i found it really jarring but you obviously are happy that is such a good observation like honestly well done to you for noticing I am um, ashamed that I know, but now I'm wondering, you saying it like that and like how it's like super close in, it's making me wonder if the reason why I didn't is because I spend too much time on Instagram and you know, like everything gets reshaped or resized. Like um, I follow like one of the, um, 
the actresses from Smack the Pony, she posts the clips on there from like, so they're all like weird angles. And I know I've edited my own videos. So maybe we're just used to half of a face being cut off for the sake of, I don't even know what the dimensions are. Yeah, I'm so yeah, bad at 12 by whatever. Yeah. But I know from, yeah, I know exactly yeah. the same for editing reels for the podcast and taking old clips of Drag Race and like it is painstaking to try find like to make sure everyone's center all the time and like to have like a series of shots that make sense after each other yeah and that's like the limited knowledge i have of editing um but like there was a whole bit where alexis was talking on untucked and like the hair and tiara of the 11th queen is just like in the shot and they obviously couldn't cut her any longer. was it yeah i was but that by that point i was starting to think oh no i'm gonna lose a fave I'm I'm not in a good moment. I'm I'm very sad. I'm sadder than if I went to a fish funeral. <laughs> I mean, the story. She was giving stories, she was giving tales, she was giving fairy tales. We loved it. You should so much more to give. I know we're jumping to the end, but you'd be really weird if you were listening to this and you didn't know who had gone. Yeah. <laughs> it just reminded me, I don't know if you, I mean, I don't think there's anything else I want to say about the, the 11th Queen. The edit is still there. I, I'm looking forward to go, I, I'm looking forward to a good wide shot. Like she was obviously safe because then they did a nice wide shot of all the queens in the top and bottom. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't even think about these things. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, they've done such a good edit job. If they don't win some sort of edit award, it'd be mad. Yeah. Um, it, but the, I feel like I've said everything I want to say about this 11th Queen. <laughs> no, I'm the same. The last thing I'm going to say is, is, is did you, we, I don't know if these were Irish or whether they were British. These books called Panda Books we had growing up. And you'd read the story and each page had like an illustration and it'd be a story. But on one page there'd be a panda, a really small panda, like, you know. Oh. So it wasn't necessarily Where's Wally. It was primarily a book, but there was something right. to find. This episode reminded me of those panda books where you're like, in any given shot now, she'll be there in the background. She was wearing a powder blue hoodie in the workroom. She had a blonde wig on the main stage. Like, I just had all these little bits about her. And it's like such an example of the Streisand effect where like, they're trying to edit her out for our own benefit. They don't want a predator on our screen. And all I focus on is the person I'm not supposed to be looking at. I mean, right. classic. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, they did not. They I flew me by. I mean, maybe there is a part of this that I should probably say. I have been at a gig, so I have had to watch this episode. I feel like such a closet homosexual right now because I am basically on a lay-by somewhere outside of Coventry. And it's like... I wasn't allowed to watch Drag Race at home, so I've driven to somewhere quiet where no one knows me, and I've watched it in the dark, and now recording it in the car. So maybe may, I'm going to give myself the credit of that. Yeah, yeah. But really, I wouldn't have noticed anyway. Maybe I there's other things that. going on in that layby that uh, other gay men have a flux to. God, I'm accidentally dogging. That's the worry. <laughs> accidentally dogging. The worst type of dogging. <laughs> it would not be the first time something like that would happen in my life. Okay, let's get into the episode. Let's not talk about her anymore. Um, yeah. Episode starts up with <laughs> Dee Delicious apologizing for getting into Alexis's head. This I, I this ended up being more of a story than I thought it needed to be, to be honest. It was quite nice, actually, because I don't think I really liked Dee Dee last week that much. I thought her attitude got to me a little bit. So I actually did appreciate the apology because I quite... I'm quite liking the way that different people are reacting to criticism and people getting in their heads. I think it's quite interesting. And poor Alexis has let it get to her. So it was nice that she got the apology. It's a shame that it didn't sort of fritter away her insecurities. Mm. 
thought it was nice. No, and look, it was nice. I just surprised that we were still talking about it the next day. Um, we had a mini challenge this week called Let the Cat Out of the Bag. It genuinely feels like Rue goes to bed at night with a book of English idioms and is like, oh, that's a fun expression. Let the cat out of the bag. How could we turn that into a mini challenge? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I felt really bad for that new Brit crew guy because although it was nice that they were like, we're almost doing body diversity. <laughs> Look, a hair. Um, but it was fine. Like, it was like, because obviously the Brit crew can't really talk. So if you want to show personality, you just got to sass it, which I thought he did very well. But then when they took the bag off him, he didn't really know what to do with his arms, bless him. And so it was like quite that awkward moment, you know, where like, you're not really drunk, but you're being expected to dance at the wedding. And I was like, yeah, I really felt his pain. And he's just stood there in his pants, like just stood there in your cacks, like, oh, I've not even got a handbag anymore. Yeah. Like, why am I still here? You know, um, his first time out as the Brick Crew. And yeah, he, he gets his own solo moment with a, with a fab bag, a la Dipsy. And... Yeah. <laughs> No, no, Tinky Winky. So Tinky Winky has the bike. Dipsy had the, oh, no, had the cow print hat. So Tinky Winky, yeah. You're right. You're right. But, yeah. Both fat. You know who I meant. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I don't think I've ever seen such a luscious beard on a brick group before. But yeah, I know. Generally, I was the same. I was like, come through body diversity. There isn't an ab on site. He's still probably. Well, there was. Oh, was there? <laughs> I mean, I was like, is this body diversity? And then the handbag was taken away. I was like, no. still left 12% body fat. But okay. <laughs> Um, okay so they basically had to basically dunk on each other or say nice things about each other so Kate chose uh, Banksy as the funniest a really brilliant moment where she uses the wheelies to scoot across the the lineup absolutely loved it I genuinely think the sale of wheelies will spike if she is not Instagram influencer for wheelies by the end of next month missed opportunity Uh, but kids buy stocks and wheelies right now. Uh, Didi then chose Caramel as the queen most likely to win a cat fight. Vicky chose Tamara as having the best bod. Ginger. Which I surprised that the body one. I was like, Naomi's right there, no? Yeah, I don't know. I'm... I guess it depends what body you're going for. Like whether you're going for like boy body or drag body. True. I feel she would go for, for boy body. I mean, I feel like there's been chat about how hot Tamara is online and stuff. So I suppose... Okay, so I have something to send you, actually. Okay. Right, so do you remember... Um, I'm going to text you. So do you remember last week how I was like, is Tamara that um, guy oh, from yeah, the X Factor? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I'm going to send you some pictures because um, I Googled it quickly. I don't know whether it is. If you want to find these for yourself, uh, listeners at home, all you need to type in is X Factor Bradley Chicken and it will come up. <laughs> is this not him? The the picture on the left, that's the same person, is it? There's one with where he has like uh, star stickers all over his face. Yeah. And the other now with then, a hat with gems. And then the guy on the right in the second picture. The, it's the blonde guy. It's this bleach blonde hair. I don't I know. Mean, maybe it could be. The eyes look similar. Right? Okay, so I'll post those online. People can make we'll do a poll. Do people think for yourself. Do people think that Bradley Chicken is Tamara Thomas? And we'll start to get the conspiracy th- starts here, people. Uh, I feel like I've done an expose. I feel like an investigative journalist. Yeah. I'm like the fake show. <laughs> this is the fun dispatches, but it's just like <laughs> reality star is actually the same former reality star that we knew. Oh, years ago. Drag queens are people too. Yeah. So that's my expose. Um, Ginger chose DD as being the most delusional. 
And then Tamara won the butt plug, a.k.a. Lucky Chewy Toy, which meant that she got to choose a friend to choose the first item from all of the, the goodies that they can use to sew from. Um, I didn't realise that was a chew toy. I thought that was a vape at first. I was like, oh, okay. I thought it was a butt plug. No? Yeah, I think it was, but it wasn't immediately obvious. I'm thinking that sort of I... like Shade of Magenta is a sex toy in my head. That like... Oh, um... My moisturiser bottle is in that shade of... <laughs> what you do with it is your own business, Erin. I'm not going to... Try... <laughs> well, I moisturise. <laughs> my... Look, I want everything smooth. <laughs> my anus is wrinkle-free. <laughs> there ain't a wrinkle down there. <laughs> That's my new advert for <laughs> um... <laughs> Next up, Edward. Like, um... oh, go on, go on, go on. I felt like um, RuPaul went in on Dee Dee a little bit where he was like, Dee delusional. Obviously, the ghostwriter in his ear was getting paid extra for that, yeah. but she was already having a rough one. He came and probably kicked her when she was down. <laughs> he saw the opportunity for a joke, and Ru's not one to, to, to miss that opportunity if he can get it. Um, no. Then, in a surprise, like, big name to get Edward Ennefold to come into the workroom to do a run through at all the queens like that was brilliant oh my god and that do you know what that made me think because obviously it's the new uh, force behind british vogue and who is in british vogue more than anyone else Bit we're one step closer to having on rupaul's drag race victoria beckham oh, yeah. it's only a matter of time right yeah. he goes back and goes yeah get your chainmail bikini head on down there let your head i think it let your head go and... <laughs> go. You can do this. Your heart's got a mind of its own, and it should decide to go to drag. She's the only Spice Girl that's not. I know. I know. We're crying out for her now at this point. Um. Yeah. No. Honestly, well, um, it would be great to see her there. And in a similar fashion to when Naomi Carter was asked what she would say to Naomi, what would you say to Victoria Beckham? <laughs> oh my God! I genuinely thought that was. So- I actually made a note of that because I was like. It's so awkward because all Naomi said was like, oh, tell her she's a role model. Tell her she's yeah, a Yeah, and you know he's not going to say that. You know, he's you're like... Yeah. <laughs> I'm, he might, though. I'm, I bet Naomi loves to hear that. I Do you know what I think it, it's so awful when you meet your heroes? I was once flyering in Edinburgh and Charlotte Church started walking towards me. And I was like, just play it cool, Erin. Play it cool. Hand her a flyer. Maybe she'll come to the show. And I went to hand her a flyer and she did the unexpected, which was take the flyer. And I, the minute she took it, I couldn't control myself. And I was just like, I don't even say this all the time, but I just have to say you're amazing. You're like, you like, recharge people's lives and, and I just carry on. And actually, your pop career was really, really good. And I actually bought the album. It was really good. I don't know where you didn't get started. Anyway. And <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just lost. So I. What did she say to not, that? She went, thank you. And then walked very fast. <laughs> and did you go, oh, you crazy chick? <laughs> yeah, I did not. I was blubbering. Um, I re- when. <laughs> When you said meet your heroes, I genuinely thought it was going to be a higher bar than Charlotte Church. Mate, I like my heroes grounded. I don't want to go to the top. I don't want to meet no Beyonce. I want to meet Fair. My heroes are people that haven't been mentioned in the last 15 years. That's what I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to meet them when they're past the point where you can ask about how the downhill, how how it started. That's why I want to find out. <laughs> I want to be like, come on, Holly Balance, tell me about that failed second album. 
<laughs> well, she's she's friends with Trump now, so yeah, you wouldn't talk to, talk to her. I know. Um, <laughs> so sorry. What would you say to Victoria Beckham? What would you pass on to Victoria Beckham via her friend? I would say, um, can you ask Victoria Beckham whether she really is working class or whether her dad did drive a Rolls Royce <laughs> to the end? <laughs> because I'm current. <laughs> friend would love that because i mean it's such a difficult question like what do you if if you get to say something she's a friend of your hero like what do you say like you don't go just tell her she means so much to me because the friend's going to be like okay It'll, they'll go back and be like oh I, i'm not a fan of yours and they'll be like cool you can say i don't know you, say you, have, to, you have to direct them in what you want from them yeah. do you know what i mean so if it was naomi campbell it'd be like make another series of the face because you were an icon in that and the memes are still doing the rounds and there is nothing you're better at than judging people. Yeah. So more of that. Yeah. There you go. That's a brilliant thing to say. Uh, ask for a request. Yeah. What would you like yeah. to say? A request? Yeah. yeah. Can I get a signed photo for me and my dog? Like that's a, that's what you ask. You don't say. Well, you can't ask that because Edward Eddingfield is not going to come back <laughs> with a signed photograph and be like, hi. Well, you give them I don't the know email. You through the <laughs> You give the email and you say, here, she can email me on that. <laughs> yeah. How about I just get a plus one to the mat? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Cool. Easy peasy. Um, all right. So then this is the, the moment of, of confrontation then. So during the walkthrough with Tamara and Kara, um, Kara Uru asks Tamara, sorry, why did you choose Didi over your roommate? And she goes, oh, well, I knew, you know, Didi can sew, and Kara's like, so you haven't seen me sew? Which, to be fair, she kind of started the argument, I suppose, but, like, <clears throat> anyway, Tamara goes, haven't seen you in anything you've sewn. I imagine the, conf- the, the the source of conflict here is that Tamara has seen Kara in things she sewed. She just didn't know she sewed them. Yeah. I mean, I was living for this argument. Oh, yeah. Because who doesn't want like real housemates of RuPaul to be a full season but hey, we got real friends yeah. of WeHo and we didn't like it so <laughs> what you wish for. Well, no I just think we have the drag queens that live together let's get yeah. a horror back into say whether she's seen anything that she's so um I, d- I don't know maybe there is that thing like sometimes you do forget things about your friends do you know what I mean yeah like like sometimes I'll be hanging out with my friends and then she'll she'll forget things about herself and she'll be like, oh my God, the kids. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's tricky to remember everything that your friend is. But I think um, Tamara was showing off a little bit and she was playing a role. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She's, she's trying to be funny. She, knew, she probably was thinking this isn't going to be my best week. So like, I need to be funny and on the ball. So she was showing off a little bit. Which they're all doing in front yeah, of the cameras, which right? Is fine, which is fine. And also you're a drag queen. It's basically your job to show off. But Caramel is good at an argument. She's good telly in an argument. Yeah. I don't know you nothing. Like I, I was living for that for last week, just in the preview. Yeah, she's good in an argument. She'll be good on other reality TV shows after this. She's proven her worth. And it was the classic thing of like, oh, I didn't mean to upset you. Well, you did. I mean, yeah. But I mean, what I've learned from watching a lot of Married at First Sight is the problem in their argument is they were talking about the action and not their feelings. Mm started talking about their feelings that's when it was fixed wasn't it yeah that's very true there you go get the I, therapy wrapped into drag criticism right here i am really worried about their house share. Yeah. i mean 
I'm I'm glad a whore is there, like making sure <laughs> pipes don't freeze over empty in the bin. Exactly worried last week. But now all the fighting, I think they're gonna be pissing in the mayonnaise. <laughs> I think they're gonna be leaving the top off the milk so it goes off. It's gonna be like itching powder in their talcum. Yeah. I I won't go there. Yeah, no, I I I'd get out of there quick snap. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, look, it was, I can't remember, like, the only other argument on that scale, I feel, in UK, like, UK seems to be pretty harmonious, um, is the is it Eddie Diamond, Lawrence Cheney argument in season two, but who gets to go first, and like, you're trying to sabotage me, but put me last. So yeah, I'm glad we got a good bit of, good bit of tension that didn't end up being, like, really problematic. Was there season one that was... Red red wig silver dress. Oh yeah, that's that was true. A bit of a moment. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But no, like screaming. <clears throat> the funny thing for me as well in that argument was, did you notice that Naomi was in the middle, just staring blankly at the the camera crew, hoping for it to end or someone to intervene. But that is a child of divorce, yeah. if ever saw one. I mean, I'm, I'm making presumptions, but that girl has listened to people arguing over her and just taking herself to a safe space yeah and then it finished she was like well i need to get on with sewing this which yeah. she didn't but um yeah <laughs> okay uh <laughs> the other thing, do you know what else is funny about that argument as well <laughs> caramel kept going on i can sew i've done all this sewing like you don't know me yeah. sewing and then all you need to do is glue gum feathers <laughs> So good, sewing, you don't believe, yeah. and then she's blue. blue, 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 blue. Tamara's like, I still haven't seen Anthony himself. <laughs> you know, she's I mean, was really proving the point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how did she think she was going to manage to basically feather a whole dress in a day? I don't know, is beyond me. But there you go, ambition. It's it's good to have, but sometimes it can be your downfall. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the runway. Um, did you like Rue's dress this week? I knew you were going to ask me that and I stared at it long and hard and I've yet to be able to form any opinion on it. It has not affected me in any way. I kind of agree. I, I didn't have any strong opinion either way, but I did really like Michelle's blazer. Yeah, and I like I like how she experiments with this grey and it was mostly grey today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's when Finney also brilliant <laughs> guest judge. I really liked her. Uh, oh my god, she was great. Although the idea that she had a Tamagotchi, like I've kept Tamagotchis alive longer than she's been on this planet. But good for her thinking that I <laughs> getting the reference. Also, why did Rue not know what a Tamagotchi was? Yeah, I thought they were American too. Yeah, like from the nineties, like I don't know. I know Rue's brain can be a bit addled, but yeah. Okay, first up was Kate Butch. She gave us this sort of cowl-necked animal skin um, dress, different animal skins in these sort of square patterns with a pillbox hat and a little trolley being wheeled behind her. Did you like this? Uh, it surprised me. I didn't, because of the way that she was talking about like not really being fashion and not being a sewer. It was a proper dress. Like, I thought it was quite well put together. I thought it looked, I mean, it was giving very Fred Flintstone, but yeah. like... It was fun in the way she had the little granny trolley and she was she was wearing a heel yeah a relatively big heel i thought yeah i thought i thought she did really well actually and for that to be the first dress that came out i thought oof 
surprised. Yeah, me too. I really liked it as well. And uh, whatever way the edit was, it's like you could kind of tell some queens were going to do well, some queens weren't. And we didn't really get a sense of how she was going to do, so which kind of felt that she'd be meh. Like, we mostly got her her content, her talking to Linda the cow. And when she came out like this, I was like, oh, this is actually much better than I was expecting. Like, there was, you could definitely see the effort in it. There was a character to it. Yeah. I was really yeah. impressed. And a pattern. Um, I was really pleased actually because you remember last week I was like, I don't, I don't feel like her jokes are landing in the edit. Mm. And like this week, you could see she's dry, she's driving the narrative along really. Like yeah. she's really helping frame the episodes, and like it's really good to see. Like I think she's really shining. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next up was Banksy in this houndstooth sort of skirt and waistcoat with then some of these long billowing hanky sleeves or blonde wig. This looked like someone else made it. Like this was such excellent execution, great vision. It's not like typically what you expect from a design challenge in terms of the silhouette. Definitely deserved mm-hmm. the win, I think. Oh yeah, it was gorgeous. Like you would go and buy it, wouldn't you? You'd pick it off a mannequin. It wasn't quite what I expected from her actually when she was talking about the references yeah. and like Westwards and like the silhouette. I wasn't quite what I was expecting her to do. I was expecting something like much more full bodied at the bottom, but. Um, yeah, I thought it was really nice. Like, and it, it's we're starting to see Banksy earlier than I thought we would actually. Mm. I thought she'd start shining later in the series. So to get a win in week two, I'm surprised that. Um, and I think it's really good that that she's getting these opportunities to shine sure. and be arts. Yeah, definitely. No, I thought I thought she did a really great job. Uh, Caramel, as mentioned, didn't sew a thing. She stuck red, orange, and yellow feathers to, I guess, like, sort of like that sort of. She sewed that train. She sewed that train. Train. Did it touch the ground? <laughs> Look, she looked like she was trying to sell bananas, and you can't be dragging fabric behind you when you're selling bananas. I just, I looked at it, like even on the mannequin, I was like, this looks bad. Like, did she know it looked bad at that point? Like it. Had no shape, like it was the classic. It's the classic thing to end you in the bottom in a design challenge with like no sort of figure and this horrible material dress thing. No, it's a surprise, isn't it? Because I mean, I don't know because she doesn't really mention it, but she did actually go to fashion school. Oh, did um, she? <laughs> she's like Mariah Carey, you know, when she mentions her 15 hours at beauty school. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell anyone this. Um, I actually went to fashion school. Um, and so that surprised me because I actually thought she would have more design ideas. And I think they did all say, like, it looks like she ran out of time. And I think she obviously had a much more aspirational look. Mm. And, like, the time <clears throat> has got away from her. But, like, you know, maybe if she weren't too busy shouting down Tamara, she might have had time. I don't know. I mean, the idea of basically recreating a dress from the colours of the feathers of a cockatoo isn't necessarily fashion. I feel it's like... You don't think African greys are fashionable? <laughs> only Chanel. Only Chanel. Exactly. Chanel's the only fashionable African grey. How about that? Yeah, I guess, especially when it's like, pay, you're right, because it's like, it's pet supplies, and it did look like someone had basically bought everything that was left at Wilkinson's and just shoved it in a room. Mm. And like, she obviously picked up a parrot off there. So, yeah. I, but I guess that's the tricky thing when you're trying to do fashion design. But you're using these inappropriate materials. But I guess, it, you know, something we I struggle with every time assessing this sort of challenges, is it a design challenge or is it a sewing challenge? And I think what Caramel was doing is making it, again, that's difficult to construct, but is it necessarily fashionable? I don't know. 
Um, I mean, it is if you're a parrot. It is if you're like, a parrot. Like, that is... That is the height of fashion, those colours, if you're a parrot. Yeah. They have been popular for 20 years. Like, they, that is not... They never go out of style. That is the little black dress of the parrot world. <laughs> the LBD. <laughs> Victoria Beckham was a parrot. That's what she'd be. <laughs> Ginger Johnson gave us this gem on the holograms, new wave, pink snakeskin parachute with this big r- ginger back-combed mohawk. And I... 100% believe she should have been in the top. Yeah, I was surprised that tops. I mean, I don't think I love Ginger's sense of fashion, actually, because I didn't like her dress last week. I really loved the material. I thought she picked a really good material. I think the look was really saved by the hardware, like the harness and the, I think there were dog leads that she used. Mm. I think I thought that was really nice. And it was like, I, it, was, it looked pretty well made for what they would have thrown together. God knows what that material was made of. It's clear that she can sew. I didn't I didn't love it, but of the stuff that was there, like it was a proper dress, it was a proper look, it was properly designed, it was put together. And I did really like the, the material. Yeah, no, me too. I feel like she created this character, like, you know, she's like the 20 faces of Bette Midler and all these different characters, yeah, like man. with the big red hair. Like this is a totally different character to who we saw last week. And again, she did look really different, you're right. And compared to some of the other queens, it's like it did look like this was something that she brought from home rather than that she made right there. Like I think it was, it was really well executed, and it wasn't just stuff. Like it wasn't just all formed around a course. It was it she'd made an actual dress. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. In terms of like the level of skill on it, mm. uh, Alexis was serving at the funeral of a fish. Um, I mean, talk about telling a story. I'm so. I liked it. I thought it was quite classy. I could see Liz Hurley wearing that. I mean, admittedly, it looked like it needed to be held together with safety pins, which is kind of Liz Hurley's thing. Yeah. But yeah, I thought the veil was quite nice. Although obviously, I don't I suppose that took much effort to make. The no, actual... it was unlined to polyester thrown over the head. <laughs> like it was proper dress up box veil. But I did like the dress. Like I think the dress. I mean, it was it was a bit root one. But to me, it was safe. I, I think, I mean, we'll get to tops and bottoms. I don't think it deserves to be bottom two, to be honest. This, it's the slit. The slit let it down. And what I think happened, so when when she walked past, the slit looked really bad. Like it hadn't like been sewn or whatever. It looked a bit ripped. And I think it she'd had it lower and it tore as she put it on a walk to fit uh, it. Actually, we saw and her trying to struggle into it at one point. Yeah. Right? And then when she turned to the side... Mm-hmm. Like it was bad. I know they kept talking about that triangle or whatever, but I was like, oh, just a bit. She needed a bit of tip tape. Do you know what I mean? Like whatever yeah. Angelina Jolie used to protect her leg or whatever kept JLo's tits in at the MTV VMAs all those years ago in the Dolce dress. She needed that and that might have saved it a bit. But if that's the worst thing about it, she was a bit too much of a slut. I mean, that seems... Yeah, since when has that held you back on Drag Race? I mean, the triangle of sadness is that classic joke that like does not travel beyond like you know this was filmed in like february march oscar time triangle of sadness was up for an oscar but like no one's talking about triangle of sadness now oh my god was it a film yeah oh i don't watch films (laughs) i I don't they're not my thing busy re-watching reruns of the charlotte church talk show it's so true. I would not. I don't like films because I feel like you invest all that time and effort into a character, and then after ninety minutes, they're gone. Whereas, like a long series, mm. and you get the best in characters, and 
and then RuPaul takes them away from you after just 60 minutes. But, you know, at least I tried. <laughs> and Miss Naomi Carter is up next in an outfit that is definitely going to go down in the pantheon of bad design looks. Like this <laughs> neon bra with this yellow and and, and orange are they dog leads strap things <laughs> that are like worn as belts but like worn over the hips and then that one bit of string between the legs it was and then even the <laughs> eyeshadow was was bizarre it was just all neon i mean i loved the i loved the orange braids and i mean i think she served it and the grills were a wild choice but it was just so chaotic at that point she was like i've got to try and save it i may never get to wear anything again wear these girls i've paid a lot of money for them um at first i thought she might have made the wig because remember she had all those orange strips and i was like oh my god yeah. she made this that would be incredible that could save you alas no yeah. um i i kind of liked it though i mean she had a chance to ask her hero naomi campbell anything what she should have asked was can you lend us a dress yeah. but <laughs> she didn't at the foresight for that what i really liked though was she obviously got a lot of flack and a lot of criticism for it and she was up there knowing she'd be in the bottom yeah. and she didn't let that phase her she carried on enjoying what she was doing she owned it like i really enjoyed her attitude in that moment and how she took on the criticism but was still prepared to like be in herself and not be like beaten down by one making one mistake yeah and, like, that's a great attitude to take. Yeah, definitely. And what I really liked as well is like during those walkthroughs, they were all showing their sketches and they were all like really well like sketched silhouettes of these drawings. And she just had basically a stick person <laughs> with a dress and a t-shirt on. Do you know what? Like, <laughs> like not everyone can Relatable. Draw. That is relatable. I can't <laughs> draw either. She was like, I can't draw. And then she pulls out these strips and she's like, I have like these strips. <laughs> Is there anything there? Edward Ellipool, the head of Vogue. Is there anything in strip? <laughs> anything? I think he did make, did, someone made some suggestion to her. And she was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she wasn't even wearing a top underneath her jacket, like when she was in boy clothes. Like, no. Was she really going to pull something together? <laughs> Because I remember thinking, looking at it being like, she's basically just doing the Jodie Marsh. I think she had the strips like across uh, her chest or whatever in the, in the sketch. In the day, yeah. Yeah. See, if she'd done that, that would have at least been like uh, a reference. Yeah. But no one on that bench would have got up. But... Uh, Graham. Mm, maybe, yeah. yeah. Did he ever interview Jodie back in the day no, with a belt? But I'm, I'm sure he's cackled over that look over a glass of his own wine. Yeah, you're right. He probably would, yeah. Um, Dee Delicious was up next with this uh, zebra print uh, sort of, what, what do you call it? I can't remember what they call them. It was basically like the cones around the dog's neck that stops it scratching. The cone of shame. Yeah. Uh, used as these sort of shoulder pads with this, like, uh, sort of black lace i think it had it still had like a kind of zebra print on it bodice pencil skirt and then dog collar kind of choker thing i mean i thought this was good but the more i looked at it the more i didn't i didn't like it oh really i don't know i just like compared to banksy's look i kind of felt it was kind of i don't know something about like the patterns clashing and i wasn't sure if it was on purpose or a not. bit more obvious maybe yeah like a bit more obvious choice I mean, it was still really, really good. Still deserved to be in the top. I'm not, I'm not taking away from her, but it did, it didn't 
I felt like a very good thing she made rather than something she brought from home, which is what Banksy's felt like. Yeah, I think I think I don't know what you mean. Um, I thought it was really good. I thought it was really good, like especially because she was giving it so much about like, oh, how this is my challenge, and I'm really good at yeah. sewing. And I was, she walked out, and I was like, yeah, you you really did make that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was giving very Cruella Deville. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen Suella Braverman give her speech in it this week. I thought that would have been a moment. Uh, no, surely Suella Braverman wearing what uh, Naomi Carter wore. <laughs> send them back, send them back. As um, she takes out her grills to like be transphobic for a minute. <laughs> I mean, we shouldn't laugh, but oh, I mean. We shouldn't laugh, it really is a problem. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. No, I really liked uh, back to the queen in question. <laughs> back, back to the problematic queen in question. Delicious. Um, I know I liked it. I liked the way she did a matching collar for the dog. Although like, now you've said that it was already a cone, like she literally did just cover it in whatever the material was. But I liked the way that she used the cones to do the big sort of eighties sleeve. I thought it was really good actually. I, and it was, I think I was really worried about her last week. I thought. She was gone, didn't I? Yes. Um, and I, <laughs> I thought, lost one. I wanted. I thought she was gone as well, but then when I heard how much she was given at the beginning on this, I was like, okay, she should be probably fine. And like they showed a collection of things she made for Crystal, which were all really lovely. So I was like, okay, well, she, yeah. should, be, she should be okay. I'm really not warming to her though, and I don't understand why. Like in in drag, I feel she looks like a exact split 50-50 of Crystal Versace and Blue Hydrangea, who I both like, who I think. I thought the head looked. Uh, her, the head. I thought her head and hair were really Cheryl Hole. Actually, okay, tonight. interesting. So I mean, like she has the aesthetic of queens that we like. I don't know. I'm just not. I'm, I mean, I suppose I had a similar hesitancy with Chris at the start. So I'm just not really getting to know her as quickly as I'm knowing the other queens. Do you know what I think it is? I think you're making a really good point. And I think a part of it is ambition. Like she's really ambitious and she's really driven and she, she really wants to win. And I think we don't love competitiveness unless it comes with an edge Mm. of something softer. And there's a lot of funny Queens and she's not super, super funny. Yeah. Maybe she is not coming across super funny. And I think especially in the British one, you do, look less nice when you're not being funny and that's that's unfortunate because i bet she's probably really really nice and is it and is it bad that she's ambitious it shouldn't be but i don't think it's coming across the best yeah whereas someone like michael moroli i don't think is coming across particularly hilarious but i think has always like this really like sweet or tender moment in the work where whether they were you know i think it was like vicky vivacious like I, i'd love to see yeah. one of you two win and michael was like oh i wouldn't like to see you win but i'd share it with you banksy and like has this kind of cute moment that you warm so we just I, i'm sure it's there we just haven't seen it yet maybe this it's what's it's not what's yeah. for me but michael's been more self-depreciating especially like last week and also we got the bit of the story about like how long they've been doing it mm. for like how long fighting and like you got this that underdog feeling that the British public loves. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Next up is Tamara Thomas with her yellow um, fans and those big pink ostrich feathers. I wrote down this is very scant, and I've, and I know the judges acknowledge this, and I mean I think it did work. 
but at the end of the day if we're talking about ambition the ambition of this was low the effort was low she just managed to make it work and I don't think it deserved to be in the top even if it did look good I did like it yeah I like you like the colors were nice like so they priced her for that as well and like it's mixed you know materials so she's giving us sort of like texture but the proportions were all wrong like the top half of it barely for most of it when she's walking it wasn't covering the sort of nipple tassels that she had on and mm. um, and obviously her bottom was out which the bottom I didn't mind so much but because it wasn't I didn't feel like it was sitting at the top or it wasn't long enough it, it was that that let it down for me but the silhouette was nice yeah it was I thought it could have been a bottom to be honest mm. there was a point where I thought oh there's two tops and four bottoms me are too. we having me too. a repeat of last week um I mean it was nice but like uh, Kate had a fully made dress and uh, Ginger. Ginger had a fully yeah. made dress and yeah. um, even Michael which we haven't talked about but there was a fully made so there's three fully made dresses there but then you know it was a odd material challenge she used odd materials that still looked like odd materials but became a rather than those those all used like fabrics of a kind yeah and she didn't she used these unusual materials to make something but it's still, i mean not that paper and feather but but it still looked like she used weird materials and it didn't make a dress i don't know like i think when the judges yeah. said it shouldn't work and it did i agree with that but i don't think it worked well enough to be better than some of the other queens that you just mentioned it did kind of look a bit like if lala Ree's paper bag dress came onto all stars yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. it had its teeth glow up and it was like, hey, girl, now I'm a paper fan feather dress. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. It, it's it's the final Pokemon evolution of that. Yes, exactly. It, it's the it's the ideal versus the reality of Valerie's bag dress. You know, it's what they were trying to yeah. shoot for. Uh, Michael Maruli is up next, like you said, with this blue zebra print pattern uh, with, with a big hood and a veil. Um, and then they, oh, yeah, the blue sort of, um, veil didn't have wasn't lined which I did notice as she turned around yeah. uh, which was a bit disappointing I really loved her sketch for this she was giving Grace Jones I felt by the end of it because she didn't do the big train it felt a bit more Virgin Mary uh, than Grace <laughs> Jones but <laughs> in the Virgin Mary in Leopard Zebra I I think you need to do a few Hail Marys maybe God is gay uh, yeah so <laughs> But I still appreciate. I think she did a good job. The I think the black wig kind. I maybe kind of washed her out, but I also thought it looked quite striking. Um, but no, overall, I liked this. Yeah, I, it looked like it was put together well, and it was a good vision, and it was like well constructed. I think it needed a second material for us to see the shape yeah. of it, and maybe to give her a bit more shape in it. Um, I I noticed what you said about it not being lined, and I think that meant that we couldn't really see the dimensions of it or see like the sort of cowl nature of this hood um so i think maybe if it had been lined with another material underneath like maybe a bit of that um snake skin that um ginger had had or something mm. i don't know i felt like i felt like it needed another material to to pull it all together and who do i think i am <laughs> Yo, she just needed another material darling if she don't material girl yeah. um and finally vicky vivacious gave us malibu barbie equestrian gear with a sort of hat and corset and bra combination and i think in terms of making something out of something else i think this looks the most this was the best 
unconventional material look, I felt. Because, yeah, okay, it kind of was just a brand of corset, but actually they were all sort of repurposed from other things. Mm. And they looked and they looked like actual clothes, which I think was really impressive and deserved to be in the top over Tamara. Oh, really? So you the you, the third one you would have put in the top would have been Vicky? Uh no, I would have put Ginger, but I would have I would have oh. I would have had Vicky over Tamara anyway. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well I thought this would genuinely look like something she could wear and would wear on stage. Yeah. yeah? Like I thought it was gorgeous. I, Vicky didn't seem to be in the episode that much. I wonder whether she was sat too close to she who shall not be famed. Yes. But well I, I figured she did comparison. she she would have been in the walkthrough with the eleventh queen because we didn't see her walkthrough, I think. Oh, 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 God, you are good at this. <laughs> Thank I you. was making notes as well. I didn't even notice it. Um, but you're right. She wasn't in that episode. She had that that uh, exchange that I mentioned earlier on with um, Banksy and Michael. But yeah, we didn't really see that much of her, to be fair. I think she was hanging out with the 11th Queen. Um, yeah. So they were busting. <clears throat> so the tops were Banksy... DD and Tamara, and then the bottoms were Alexis, Cara, and um, Naomi. So I mean, I've to- I've discussed how I don't think Tamara deserved to be in the top. Do you have any grievances with the tops and the bottoms? Yeah, I was like, like I said, I was surprised. I thought it was just the two tops. Like, so I think Banksy and DD being there, like, absolutely deserved. Uh, I hadn't thought Vicky for the top, but I can see it. Yeah, I can see it. I, I thought it would be one of the um, people who made an actual dress, yeah, yeah. like uh, Kate or um, Michael. No, not Michael. I didn't think that one was as good, actually. But um, Ginger? Yeah, Ginger's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought And in the bottoms? So, I mean, I didn't mind Alexis. You seem to really like Alexis. Do you think she deserved to be in the bottom? But Daddy, I love her. I just didn't want her to go. Like, I, I, I didn't want her to go. I don't think we've seen... I don't think we've seen the last of Alexis. Um, I just thought she had so much more to give. There was a moment when the three of them came back after um, after they'd been um, in Untucked. And I, re- I realised what was happening. And I was like, oh, Car- there's no way Caramel will go. If she gets in a lip sync, then she'll out lip sync whoever is in it. Because I could just see that energy in her. Um, and I realised... It would be between Naomi and Alexa. I knew I was pretty sure Naomi would get saved. Um, okay, interesting. Because I thought it was going for a Naomi Cara bottom two, and Cara sends Naomi home. That's where I thought it was going. Like yeah. I felt Alexa's got kind of some praise in her critiques, whereas the other two didn't get any really. Um, so I was surprised that Caramel was safe based on the critiques i mean in terms of like track record and stuff i'm not really surprised but she was just too good last week i yeah, think i think like, so too um too i am happy like if i were to choose one of the queens to say i would have chosen naomi over alexis like i think i just kind of have warmed to her more slightly I love Alexis and I don't even really know why. Like, it's not that she's mid or anything. Like, I, I like it. I like that she's a Polish queen. I like that she's a little bit insecure. And I, I just thought, you know what you were saying about, oh, Didi, you haven't warmed to. Like, yeah, yeah. there hasn't been something. I thought Alexis gave me all of that. Like, I genuinely thought she might. I thought she had the potential to be an absolute grower in the competition yeah. as well. Like, 
to really blossom through. And I'm sure she absolutely will outside of the competition as well. Um, and I didn't think it was that bad. To go out and to be the first one out as well, which I think comes with a lot of stigma, doesn't it? Mm. I feel bad. I feel bad. I, do, I agree with you in terms of like, I felt like she would last longer in the competition. She doesn't feel like a natural first out. No shade to the other first outs. You know, I suppose these things can all be skewed in retrospect, but um, like DD, like last week, felt like a kind of natural first out more so than Alexis did in this episode. Even Naomi, yeah. probably, even Naomi probably felt like more of a natural first out because the the outfit was so bad. Like it could be iconic and then she'd come back for all stars. Whereas Alexis is kind of yeah. left without a legacy. And Alexis. <laughs> I saw, that was so bad. That was so bad. I Who saw you. I saw you think of it. You went for it. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't one I'd written down. Yeah. No, I took it over at least. Oh, we'll cut that out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, um, I don't know. Like, I think being the is she the only Polish queen across all franchises? Uh, I haven't seen sure every franchise, that. but the ones I've seen. No. It's... Yeah, so I mean that's a legacy in itself. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Mm. It'd be huge in like the the Polish community for that, um, and especially given everything that there is with gay rights in Poland. Hundred percent. Um, so she'll have that. Um, I don't know. And maybe I think she'll really grow as well. So like maybe in a few years she could come back for it when we start getting a UK All Stars, which can't be that far off. Surely if we're on season five. Yeah. Well, look. Um, but based on all the issues we have in Poland with gay rights. Drag Race Poland probably isn't around the corner, but based on this <laughs> franchise, if it ever is, I mean, Alexis will be up there to host it. Like, all you have to do is appear on one other franchise, and you're good enough to host these things. So. Oh, she doesn't. She doesn't scream host material at me yet, yeah. but I would like to see an Alexis show for sure. Yeah. I'd watch. I'd watch her on Coach Trip. Also, I would be her partner on Coach Trip. <laughs> Um, who would I put her as a partner on coach trip? Um, I don't know, like maybe um, President Zelensky from the yeah. Ukraine. It would be like the Ukraine coming together. I think that would be a fun match. They would be Alexis St. Pete and Vladimir Zelensky sitting beside like Charla <laughs> Crosby at a coach down to <laughs> Shropshire. Um, we're going to take you to Plymouth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of Real? <laughs> I love the lip sync song, by the way. Tiesto and Charlie XCX hot in it. That's a banger. And a, a contemporary one as well. He he doesn't often choose contemporary ones as Rue for, for UK. So I was happy to see it. And some yeah, good Charlie, well, Charlie XCX, XCX right? Yeah, for the Charlie X songs it could have been, I guess. Yeah, you're right. It was like within the last two years. Yeah. Um, how did you think they did as a lip sync then? <clears throat> so Between the two of them. Again... I must confess, I was looking for the eleventh queen in the background, and then once I found her, <laughs> so bad. I mean, I understand why you were doing that. Um, once I found her, then I was watching a bit more <laughs> observation. Um, it felt messy to me again, and also the thing is, it kind of annoyed me that we kept watching yeah. it from this one point of view, like we kept seeing it from from the right, looking over, or from the left, looking over to the right. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Um, where it again is sort of filmed weird so I was like am I seeing this queen just because she's on the right hand side of the stage or am I seeing this queen because you want me to see how well she's doing it looks yeah. cumbersome with with Alexis down taking her shoe off or putting her shoe back on again I mean yeah. I thought there was, that Naomi at times was a bit janky 
But uh, Alexis gave, you know, the split, the the splits, which normally is enough to save her. So I was surprised that she went home. Bashed the knee as well, though. It wasn't a clean split. Okay. Uh, a back leg went slightly caught to the side as well. And for a minute, I thought she might have hurt herself. She seemed fine. Okay. Um, it, you're, I think you've described it pretty well. The difference, I think, between the two of them is Naomi was in the song the whole way. Yeah. So she was in the song in the moment the whole way. Whereas Alexis' performance was in like three parts interspersed with two moments like on the floor or messing with the dress where she was thinking about how am I going to do this? Mm. I think she, through the episode she got in her head, there was that moment where they were doing the run through with Edward Anything. They said something to her about the dress and you could just see her go quiet and get a bit lost in herself. And I can't remember who her partner was, but it was a bit of a joke that brought her back round. But I think, I think she struggled on her journey there. Yeah. And I think that played out through the lip sync as well. There were moments where like, there were moments of absolute fire. Like when she took off the veil and she was doing like the whip. You probably missed that because you were looking for the 11th queen. But <laughs> she was doing this like fun whip. That was cool. And then like, yeah, she had some fun moments on the floor. But yeah, putting the shoe on and off was a bit odds and then she was playing around with the back of that dress which just exposed how bad the zip yeah. the slip well which i think didn't help her any um and it was a shame but then naomi sort of stayed in the throw really and it was, mm. it was a good contrast of how like mental confidence and mental health mental stability with that sort of thing like how much that can play a part yeah in in any competition, but especially in a competition like this. And any performance, really, you know, being present in the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, you can really tell once you slip out of that, you know, sense of presence. Um, oh, my God, that's so true. So tonight's gig, I didn't have the best gig, I'll be honest. Because the minute I walked on, I slipped on a light and fell on my face before I'd even said a joke. <laughs> oh, my God. So, okay. yeah, you know. You know, you're dead right. What you just said there about like, oh, how you can sell yourself out of a performance. Yeah. Because then I did have a bad gig because I'd gone, oh, I've had an accident at work. Someone call <laughs> direct line and sue. <laughs> and they didn't laugh. Did it? I think maybe they thought I genuinely hurt myself. Okay. And I thought, well, if you're not going to laugh at that, I've nothing to all. Yeah, that's true. Well, I can oh, see I why know. after that humbling experience you were so bonded to Rooting Alexis. For Alexis. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's this week's episode. Next week, they are doing the girl groups challenge. One of our favorites. Who do you think is going oh, to do yeah. good at the girl groups? Alexis St. Pete, they're going to bring, bring her, her back. back. After they kick Fish. off the 11th queen, no, 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 she'll no. be back. They're going to have a Jerry moment. <laughs> there'll be um, there'll be four queens and then they'll be like, power of four needs one girl more and she'll rise up from the stage in a Polish flag dress with a ginger wig. And the other the other girl group will do the fifth harmony where it'll be like a <laughs> cut out of the 11th queen and they'll just kick it off stage. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna be so disappointed that that doesn't happen now. But yeah, that was that was exactly what I was thinking as well. Yeah. Well, look. it'd be a great way to kick them out. Sachet, you say sachet? A sachet EMA. 
We'll come back next week to see if that really happens. Until then, you can check us out on Instagram at sissy.pod. We will chat to you next Thursday. See you. Love you. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.